I had a listener ask, Dan, how do I stay motivated when things are going so well? You know, sometimes when things change in our lives, even when they change in a very positive way, it challenges us to know how to handle that. It reminded me of an old Dottie Rambo song. Check this out. Well, hey, we're going to be talking about that. Got some other interesting questions as well. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to this episode of 48 Days Online Radio. This is Dan Miller. Hey, each week we dive into questions. Back to doing that the last couple of weeks. Joanne and I have been on the road. I had some themes that I kind of addressed, but we're back to the normal kind of questions this week. Got some great ones, like the one I just mentioned, how do I stay motivated and move forward when things are going well? Well, I want to unpack that. Some of you are dealing with that. Yeah, there's a lot of issues that come up when you're doing unexpectedly well. Well, how about this? How do I scale up my kettle corn business? And then somebody wants to know, how can I grow my $26,000 a year income as a guitar teacher? Ouch. Well, our quotation comes from Nita Cobain, who says, your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you can start. Nita Cobain, great guy, came to America with, I think, 20 bucks in his pocket or something, a great success story. Now president of um, High Point University, just a really creative model for education that I am a big fan of, Nita Cobain. Our resource then is Acres of Diamonds. I want to take you back to that old familiar story about sometimes our greatest opportunities for riches are right in front of us. A couple of the questions today really lend themselves to that. Don't have to go back to school, get a new degree. Sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking what is already right under your nose. Well, here's some news items. Employment was high last year. We know that. My goodness, historically high employment. Well, guess what else was high? Layoffs. Now, at the start of this month, right here in January, the Wall Street Journal reported that 62,000 U.S. workers lost their jobs due to bankruptcies last year. That's the most bankruptcy-related layoffs in a year since 2005. But on the other hand, unemployment also hit a 50-year low. In November, when the economy added 266,000 new jobs, just in the month of November, 266,000 new jobs. So how, could, how do we reconcile those two things? Layoffs were at an all-time high or at a recent high. Unemployment is extremely low. How can unemployment hit a half-century low while layoffs also hit a 10-year high? Well, it's because those are addressing two different economies. I mean, the economy gains are in different industries. So we know that healthcare, hospitality, professional industries make up the majority of the job gains. Well, some of the things like mining, retail, 
utilities all suffered big losses. Joanna and I were just down in Florida and just driving around. Now, you know, Florida's got a great economy. I mean, things are good. I was appalled at the number of retail places that are boarded up. Building after building after building, just boarded up. No, nobody there at all. Retail has changed. Obviously, the way we shop has changed. I mean, if I need, golly, if I need a new paper clips, I don't get in my car and drive to Office Depot. I just hit it online. Boom! The next day, Amazon delivers it. You know, so our shopping has changed. Well, that's changed some major, major industries. No doubt about it. Um, also. The economy gains and losses varied greatly based on geography. So there are places like, um, well, Washington, California, Massachusetts, Utah, they all flourished. But then there are nine states where the economies really shrunk a lot. So here's just some quick tips on this. If you were downsized last year, don't think that while wow, the economy's going to, you know, going down the tank. No, the economy is flourishing, but you might have been in an industry that is not doing well. A lot of times we'll even see companies that are having massive layoffs where they have a sign on the front door that says now hiring. And people think, how is that possible? What's well, because they need different skills. So a company that just got started may really have been strong in research and development. So they needed a lot of people there. Now they've got their products up and running. Now they need sales and marketing people. So they're laying off people and hiring people. Happens all the time. You might want to look to cyberspace. There's going to be an estimated 3.5 million job openings by the year 2021. When this year, they're expecting an estimated 3.5 million job openings in cybersecurity. Well, here's some other things that are going to be in high demand. Blockchain developer. Now, that may sound like a strange term. You may not even know what that is. Blockchain developer. Well, the, the funny thing is, well, let me describe to you, if I can, a little bit of what blockchain developer is. And we've had stories on here about people who have trained themselves for new areas in technology, uh, computer skills, without going to get a degree. They just train themselves. I mean, certainly you've heard us tell a lot of stories like that. Blockchain. If you think about a Google Doc, it means that if you, and before we had Google Docs, if we wanted to collaborate with other people, we would have maybe a Word document. We'd bounce that around from user to user and then wait for the other person to make changes, send it back to us. We'd try to figure out what they had made changes. Well, with Google Doc, you don't have to do that. You can have 15 people that have access to a document. You can see instantly when somebody changes it, know exactly what they did, where the changes took place. That's really kind of what blockchain developers are doing. Blockchain, it has more to do with financial data, typically, but you put things in. Once it's in there, everybody can see it, make changes, and they can see where the changes are coming. Well, it's one of those things. You know, the, the funny thing is, I, I, you can pull up a course and train yourself to be a blockchain developer. And it's a $29 course that'll show you where the opportunities are and really show you what you need to do to become a blockchain developer. And blockchain engineers are making between $150,000 and $175,000 in annual salaries. They really, it's, it's one of those new areas in software development. And a lot of people are going to be taking advantage of that. Well, what are some other areas of growth that we're going to see? Physical therapist. 
Great opportunity. I've got a nephew who just got his doctorate in physical therapy ready to go. But there's going to be a lot of growth in that area. Digital video marketers, commercial drone pilots. I mean, think about the applications. I mean, we've been looking at some real estate properties and the most advantageous pictures are those taken by a drone. Gives you the perspective of the whole neighborhood. You can come down, you can see the trees and all that. So commercial drone pilot, that actually is a title. That's a position at this point. You could be a pilot and promote your services, mark your services. Security, fire, and service technicians. Again, some of the things that I've mentioned here uh, do not require a college degree without going into that fiasco that we often address on here. Just know that there are a lot of ways to position yourself so that you have great income opportunities. Well, here's a couple of good news items. A surgeon fights medical debt by allowing patients and families to pay for surgeries with volunteer work. Now, this is not some third world kind of thing, something they're doing in Ethiopia. No, this is in Nebraska, US of A in Nebraska. So rather than allow his patients to go bankrupt for medical debt, a Nebraska surgeon has partnered with several local charities so his patients can pay for their operations with community service. Dr. Demetrio Aguila is the mastermind behind the Healing Hands of Nebraska Surgical Clinic or reconstructive and nerve-related surgeries in Norfolk, Nebraska. He says he was inspired to launch the M25 program. And if you want to check it out, just check that out. M25 program. After he got sick and tired of American patients suffering from the debilitating financial burden of medical care. Through this program, the doctor allows his patients to select a nonprofit from their list of participating organizations. He then designates a certain amount of volunteer hours for the patient to complete in order to pay off the surgery. We've eliminated a lot of the administrative hassle that's associated with healthcare, he says. We've lowered the cost of healthcare. We've made it fair for everybody involved. Nobody loses. That's the core of the M25 program. So Jeffrey Jensen was the first patient to participate. He had Surgery to fix the numbness and nerve damage in his leg that he'd been suffering from for many years. He was assigned 560 volunteer hours in exchange for the surgery. Now, that may sound like a lot, and it is, and he thought so at first as well. But what he did, and this is very accepted, he recruited his kids, his friends, community members, the boys in his Boy Scout troop to participate with him. So it gave them an opportunity to participate in doing the volunteer hours and it counted for his hours as well. So it prompted him to think creatively about how to do that. I just, I just like the idea of, of this. Here's a creative doctor right here in the United States who is, has come up with a way for people to be able to afford surgery they otherwise would not be able to afford. And the money doesn't come to him. I mean, he's doing a community service, doing a great service, obviously. But think about that. I mean, those of you who are coaches or speakers or consultants or somehow you do you know, service work, it could be painting a house. Think about the creative ways you could then participate in your community by having the person who received your service contribute volunteer hours 
I mean, it's got my brain reeling and ideas that I could come up with. Well, great way to stimulate our thinking and creativity as well in ways that do good in our community and around the world. Well, here's another story. An Uber passenger goes out of his way to pay off driver's college debt so she can finally get her degree. Uber driver Latanya Young has given rides to hundreds of passengers, but there is one particular car ride she will never forget. The 43-year-old single mom from Atlanta, Georgia, had been studying criminal justice at Georgia State University until she was suddenly barred from continuing her classes due to an unpaid $700 balance on her account. Well, she says, every time I got ready to pay the money, my kids needed something. And she said, well, I'll just wait. So she was working as a hairstylist by day and then an Uber driver by night. And she's been, was driving a passenger a soccer game one night when she mentioned her, this making conversation, you know, just mentioned her financial struggles with the university. So a few days later, she got a call from Georgia State University saying that she was free to re-enroll in more classes since her Uber passenger had paid off her remaining balance. She says, I was literally blown away. A stranger's never done that or anything like that for me. She told reporters when he paid the balance, um, I, I had to do this then for him. I maintained my grades, A's and B's, just trying to do everything to make sure he knows how much I appreciate him. Well, great example. Again, a great opportunity. You know, if you're riding in an Uber, yeah, those people are often balancing a bunch of balls to keep things working. Great stories. Take advantage of an opportunity to just surprise somebody in a way that's going to blow their minds with something that you could be able to do for them. Well, let's go into some questions here that we've got. Now, this first one is one that kind of I alluded to in the opening. It comes from Tim. Tim says, in the past years, I had quite a bit of adversity, personal challenges, getting out of corporate life, using my experience there in a more entrepreneurial fashion that allows for freedom of time and travel, which I love, then staying out of debt, moving to another city, the things that spurred me onto my goals. To that end, 2019 ended very well for me in that in that my wife and I are both debt-free. We have a relatively small mortgage. All kids, grandkids seem to be doing well. and We help match them financially versus just giving them money. So they're invested in their future and learn the value of a dollar. Here's what I didn't count on, Tim says. Even though we're not we're not extremely rich or we're not hurting, I found myself struggling with how to stay motivated as to what to pursue next. In the past, life and financial adversity left me little to no choice but just to move forward whether or not I had the perfect job or the perfect business model. Even though I have money in the bank to pay monthly bills, I still struggle with the emotions of financial loss and not bringing money in. Now, what, what's happening is that since I've never really had to deal much with the emotions of what happens and how to stay motivated and move forward when things are going well, I would appreciate any insights should you wish to share. Again, very grateful for the blessings I have had in this period of rest, but I don't want to rest in my laurels too long, burn through cash reserves and so on. Tim, golly, this is, I love the setup. And this is something that I hear more and more and more. This is like a dog catching a car. You know, what are you going to do then? Wow. You accomplished a big goal. And I hear from people a lot who say, I've achieved more than I ever thought I possibly could. I set my goals. I reached them. You know, what do I do now? Well, 
and that that's what reminded me of of uh Dottie Rambo's song, the old Dottie Rambo song. Let me tell you about that a little bit first, and then I'll come back and answer Tim's question. But <laughs> Joanna and I had the privilege of of hearing Dottie at a luncheon. Um, a couple of years, well, it was a short time before she had the tragic bus crash and um, died in that as a result, 74 years old. But Dottie was an amazing woman, published more than 2,500 songs. Now, she was in the gospel music arena. She uh, wrote songs like We Shall Behold Him, I Go to the Rock. That was recorded by Whitney Houston in the 1996 movie, The Preacher's Wife. I mean, singers of her songs included Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Barbara Mandrell, Larry Gatlin. I mean, they all recorded Dottie Rambo songs. Well, after listening to her with one of her recent compilations that she had done at this luncheon, I was attracted to another song that she shared, and it was that one I played a clip of in the opening. It's hard to sing the blues when you're doing so well. That reminded me that some people just like to take pride in doing poorly so they can keep singing the blues. I mean, you know the kind of people, the ones you hate to ask, how are you doing? Because you're afraid they'll tell you. I mean, some of these people wouldn't have anything to talk about if they were not complaining, accusing, blaming, finger pointing. And yeah, you know, there are people who sabotage their success when things start to go well, because it takes away their opportunity to complain. You know, there's that story in the Bible, I need to look it up again, where Jesus approached the guy at a well, and the guy reached out, you know, heal, heal me, whatever. And Jesus said, do you want to be well? Now think about that. I mean, I, I love what the underlying message there seems to be. It's not just an assumption that, well, sure, everybody would like to do better. Everybody would like to be well, have great health, wealth, relationships. And all. He says, do you want to be well? Because what's going to happen then the next morning, instead of that guy just sitting there by the pool, complaining, begging for money, hoping that people give him money. Wow. If he's well, he's going to have to get up, go look for a job, do something productive, be a provider rather than just a taker. That changes things. There are some people who would rather be on the receiving end of things. There are some people who have a hard time breaking through their upper limit challenge. When things start to go really well, all of a sudden, and, and we see this a lot, I mean, where people work in a regular job, you may get a three or 4% increase. People can handle that. Okay. What if you get into something that you're doing? What if you make a course? I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. What if you create a course based on something, you know, really well, and you sell it for $97 and all of a sudden you, it just rocks and you got 10,000 people, you know, who take advantage of that. Wow. That's, you know, what we're bumping a million dollars with that. There are some people who sabotage their success because success comes too quickly. Well, you want to recognize if you're bumping up against your own upper limit challenge, but what you want to do is get beyond that. Now, let me go back to Tim's question where he's saying, you know, how, how do I stay motivated when things are going really well? Now, we know that we become identified by what we do rather than who we are. We are more obsessed with what we're doing than what we're being. I mean, it's a badge of honor to be busy in our culture. We To say we're busy to, know, to another one, I mean, it's almost if we're 
Our exhaustion is a badge of honor and our ability to withstand the stress, a mark of real character. I mean, people brag about that. But frankly, if, if you're working 70 hours a week, you're probably trying to do too much. Give yourself a break to be. And after all, what we are becoming is always more important than what we're getting. I mean, spending time with your children, I mean, get a massage, light candles for the family dinner, hike through the park, visit a monastery. You know, even in the design of a week, you know, God gave us the Sabbath, the day to, to do nothing, to back off. So it's not just on doing more. I mean, my focus for this year is not how to do more, have more, get more, but it's how to be more. How can I be more? Now, if Tim says, you know, I've never really had to deal much with the emotions of what happens and how to stay motivated, how to move forward and things are going well. Well, this is where a major mindset breakthrough can happen. When we don't work just to pay the bills, but whether where the primary rewards are the sense of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment, that's a major shift. Now, yes, money is nice and a necessary byproduct, but not the main focus. I heard John Maxwell talk one time about, I believe it was a younger brother of his, who at like 41 years old had done extremely well in some real estate developments and said, you know, I'll never have to work again. And John says, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't just do nothing. If God has given you that ability, you have to steward that ability. You have to continue doing that, even if it makes money that you don't need. Be a vessel, like the Old Testament, blessed to be a blessing, you know, through which those blessings can flow to other things, perhaps. But you can't just stop working just because you have fulfilled your own needs. That's a real mental shift for people. Now, the, the most interesting coaching clients... I work with are the ones who no longer have to work for the money. They get to design the work they do because it has a clear and compelling purpose. Now we know that when, when people get to that retirement area, there are three things that can cripple them. No purpose, no money, no friends. And you know, the biggest one that people struggle with no purpose. There are people who retire and they have money and they have friends, but without purpose, we see them deteriorate extremely quickly. Just go to nothing because they've told their body, I don't need you anymore. You know, I don't have any reason to get up in the morning. No purpose. Again, just being in Florida. I mean, we, we saw that, you know, we saw that in people who just seemingly have no purpose. It's like they created their own version of Groundhog Day. How can that be a fulfilling time of life if every morning you get up, you have nothing to do? You're just going to repeat the nothing you did the day before. Now, we don't want that. I mean, my unique ability, my zone of genius, me, Dan Miller, is to read, think, and process the wisdom of the ages and then write content that challenges and inspires readers to discover and initiate their own greatness. I want to do that till the day I die. Now in doing so, is it likely that I'll create money? Sure. I mean, in, in doing that, in doing that, inspiring people to, to discover and initiate their own greatness. Now, one of the best ways that we've got that we do that is in our Eagles community. That's where I get to do exactly what I just described to inspire people, work with them, to challenge them, show them great opportunities 
help them find their own greatness. So if we have 2,500 members in our Eagles community, I can go deep in doing just what I described. And yes, you know, those little monthly payments, monthly belonging fees that members pay, $48 a month, yeah, that adds up to more than a million dollars a year. It's easy to do the math on that. There's no secret there. But having a clear plan for your purpose does seem to always lead to more money. But here's the counterpart. Chasing money without a clear purpose always leads to burnout. So Tim, clarify your purpose and calling. Take a fresh look at your personal mission statement. Make sure it engages your strongest passions and greatest talents. You'll be motivated by your purpose and then money will take care of itself. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. These are real life questions. I love having them come in. Love when you shoot me challenging questions, just like Tim is doing here. Great way to share life together as we kind of unpack it. But you can send those questions in to askdan at 48days.com. And you can leave audio message there if you want to as well. Just hit the little microphone. But really, the easiest way is just shoot a question into me at askdan at 48days.com. Let me go on. Joel says, several years ago, I read your ebook on low-cost, no-cost business ideas. Incidentally, that's, we, we still, that's still one of our most popular products. If you're a member of the Eagles community, you can get that for free. It's in the library of resources. You can just go there and download it. There's a lot of ideas there. I'll, I'm sure I'll do another one this year, another 48 ideas because I continue to have to see what people are doing. Just amazing things. Well, anyway, uh, Joel says, one, I, those ideas jumped out at me, kettle corn. So now I've been up and running for seven years. This in addition to my full-time teaching job. I've enjoyed this business immensely. It allows me to be creative, provide customers with outstanding kettle corn, see the smile on their faces as they enjoy it, make some decent side income. My question for you is this, how do I scale it up? The kettle corn market here is saturated with lots of other vendors competing for festivals, fairs, athlete, athletic and craft venues. The work is difficult and the events which generate the highest sales are very expensive to get into. I keep my eye out for possible venues, but I'm unable to find consistent events to break through my plateau of 14,000 in sales per year. All right. Okay. I love your setup here, Joel. And I want your site. You know, kettlecorn NC, kettlecorn North Carolina.com, kettlecorn NC.com. You know, you got, you got great signage. It's really attractive to draw people in. And I see you also have lemonade, freshly squeezed fruit drinks, coffee, and hot chocolate. So you've expanded out in your product offering rather than just kettlecorn, which I, I think is brilliant to do that. Now, here's, here's really the, the piece you're going to have to focus in on. Well, let me give you an example. I have, a, I have a friend who sets up his popsicle stand at major fairs and festivals. People, he has request for him to be the popsicle guy because everybody knows that he's got the best product. He's constantly looking for ways to introduce new flavors and he has exclusive contracts for some ingredients that no one else has. So he looks for ways to stand out in a sea of sameness. It's that old Steve Martin thing. Be so good they can't ignore you. Look for ways to be outstanding. 
You've got to find your USP, your unique selling proposition that sets you apart from all those other people out there who are just simply selling kettle corn. Now, I don't know exactly what that is. You know, you, you may have a, a clown, you may have a hot air balloon tethered there. I mean, I don't know what it is. You got to figure out something, but it's, it's much like what I did in this career coaching space. If you put in career coaches in Google, you're going to get, I don't know, I suppose 12, 13 million sites there. I, I'm sure I'm in there somewhere, but I have no idea where, and I really don't care. But you put in 48 days and I own that not through fancy SEO or buying ads or anything. It's just because I'm the guy, I'm the career guy who says, not just, yeah, we can help you get a better job, find a better opportunity, start a business, you know, when things work out well for you. No, I'm the guy who says, I don't care where you are now, you can dramatically change your life for the better in 48 days if you create a plan and act on it. That's what I'm known for. That's my unique selling proposition. That's what you've got to find. So you're not just one more in a long list of kettle corn providers, but you are the guy because of blank. Now, and I hope that some of our listeners here can come up, can help us with the ideas. So if you get ideas on how we can help Joel in that more specifically than what I just described, please, please shoot them into me. I'll share them back to Joel and we'll help him rock this thing this year to become the guy in kettle corn. It may be some guy, some secret ingredient in your kettle corn that makes your brain work better. I mean, I don't know, maybe you could claim something, but you know, if you've got ideas, shoot them into me, just shoot them in again to ask Dan at 48 days.com. We'll feed them back to Joel and see if we can't help him break this ceiling that he's, that he's dealing with. All right, let me go here. Let me go. I'm going to, let me just grab one more question here. Let's go with Steve. Steve says, I'm 58 years old living in Wichita, Kansas. I've spent most of my adult life working in the music business as a guitar teacher, guitar camp and band coach, professional guitarist, playing special events, weddings, many years of church worship services as part of a worship band. For the past 23 years, I've worked at a music company with the largest retail music store in the state of Kansas. For the past 17 years of those 23, I've worked on the retail sales side of the business. Emotionally and mentally, I've been desiring to leave my current job for at least five years. I took a job working with autistic kids last year, but ended up back in the music store. I thought about becoming a children's pastor, but no momentum there either. For the past six years, my wife and I have been volunteers in our local church children's ministry. Um, I found passion working with kids, writing skits, starting a kids music club, just being creative in that work. I've been told that I'm a very talented writer. Uh, I've been a successful, I've been, a, I've been published by Guitar Coach Magazine online. I'm in desperate need of a change in my job vocation. I've been a successful guitar teacher for many years prior to retail. Music business in Wichita is strange. I have a YouTube channel featuring my guitar playing, and you can see most of my videos on my Facebook page timeline. They're done with my phone, so the audio and video quality are poor, but you have to work with what you have. I've thought about making some instructional videos. I just don't know how to turn my experience and passion into any income. We've been living on my $26,000 annual income for too long. We can pay our rent and bills, but that's all. No vacations, gifts for birthdays or Christmas. I'm tired of 
hard, but determined not to give up. I'd be most grateful for your insight and advice. I feel very trapped. Thank you for what you do and taking the time to read my email and respond gratefully, Steve. Well, wow, that, what a what a exciting, but also wow, challenging situation to have the talent that you describe, the love of music as you describe, and yet to be at the $26,000 annual income. That is certainly a hurdle that you need to get past. Let me give you a couple ideas. A lot of times when you have the ability to do something well, you leverage your income, not by just doing the thing you do well, but by telling other people how to do it. I had a lady one time who was a nurse. Never forget her. Her name was Sonia. And uh, she came to me as a very frustrated nurse. And I said, geez, why are you a nurse? She said, well, you know, I wanted to be an interior designer, but my parents wouldn't let me. They said, no, you'll have an you know, uneven career path. You need to be a nurse. That way you'll never be without work. Well, she was never without work. She was never without a job that she hated. How cool is that? Well, and looking at those skills that she had, we discovered she had a really unique skill of putting together gift baskets. Soon after we were working on this, she got a contract to provide 133 identical gift baskets for the Country Music Awards here in Nashville. Then right after that, golly, this is um, some time ago, I know Ashley, who was in high school at the time, I think, helped her put together 4,400 baskets for managers of Taco Bells. So she had the ability to get those kind of contracts. And I told her very quickly, I said, Gal, you're going to wear yourself out trying to do this, you know, just making these baskets one after another. I said, if you teach people how to put together creative baskets and teach them how to get these big lucrative contracts where you're doing rather than one at a time, where you're doing hundreds and thousands at a time, you can make more money doing that. Well, she did that. She very quickly moved into doing some videos on teaching other people how to do that. She became a spokesperson in the industry, spoke at natural conferences and just exploded her success and increased her time freedom by simply teaching other people how to do what she knew she had the ability to do. So Steve, that's part of the issue here. How can you teach other people rather than just doing more? You know, you can be a really good guitar player and still starve. Obviously you already know that. Here's a couple of things I want you to check out. If you don't know already, I want you to get familiar with Steve Stein. Now, you probably know that name. He's a long-haired, tattooed guy. He's a guitar player. But instead of just being a guitar player, he has a guitar club. I was just recently with this community uh, manager of his club at a workshop up in Toronto where there were 10 of us who have communities, and, and she was there representing Steve Stein's Guitar Club. You can join the club for free. You get 36 videos in, instantly, but here's the deal. They've got about 7,000 members in there, and once you're in there, you're getting shown all the other video classes that Steve has. I mean, here's one, Music Theory for Life a 12-week online masterclass that helps guitarists of all skill levels master music theory, play songs faster, create inspiring guitar solos from scratch. Well, it's normally $149, but as a club member, you get it for $99. Now, he's got tons of those. So there are these short little classes that are in there, 
And people then who have the privilege of being a club member, which is free, but then they're exposed to all these classes. And Steve does extremely well in the things that he's doing. That's an example. I mean, that's the kind of thing you're right on the verge of that. You already said you've got a couple, you know, things up there and you've thought about doing instructional videos. That is exactly the direction that you need to go to leverage your ability. I don't think there's anything indicating, you know, going back to school, getting another degree or choosing another vocation or anything. No, continue to massage your love for and proficiency in guitar playing, but you got to look for new ways other than just standing in a retail store, you know, helping 13 year old make a decision on a guitar to buy where you get an hourly wage. No, you got to leverage what it is you know about. Here's another example. My friend, Chad Jeffers, Chad is, has been playing with Carrie Underwood. Well, when he's out playing, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's been on, you know, good morning America. And of course on all the late night shows, Colbert and all the others, Jimmy Fallon been on there's many, many times. And when he's playing on those events, he gets paid very, very well, but he is paid when they're playing. I mean, he doesn't have equity in Carrie Underwood's songs. He gets play, paid when they're on tour. They just finished another big tour with their most recent one. Um, and, and that's awesome when that happens. But she's a mom. And when she decides to stay home here in Nashville, uh, then he doesn't get paid for that. So does Chad just sit around, you know, whining his... Uh, poor luck when they're not out on tour? No, not at all. I mean, he, golly, he consults with other people. He does a lot of session work. I mean, he has, I've been with him when he's gotten something on online where he gets a music track and then he adds his guitar playing or dobro playing or any of the other instruments that he plays, but he adds that to an existing track and he gets paid extremely well for just add his music in where he doesn't even have to go anywhere. Doesn't have to leave his house, but here's also what he's done. He's created a course on how to make it in the music business. I mean, what, what is an obvious question that people are going to ask Chad Jeffers? Gee, how did you get to the place where you're playing, you know, all over the world with Carrie Underwood? Well, what you need to know to make it in music. If you go to backstagenotes.com, you'll see his course on that. So he's leveraged the things that he's doing far beyond just having the ability to play extremely well, which he certainly does. But he's leveraged that knowledge in multiple ways where he makes ongoing income while he sleeps and whether or not he's on tour with Carrie. Those are the things you have to look for. All right. Hey, let me do a wrap up here. We're going to just wrap it up with that. Great questions. Again, keep those coming in. Shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. So here's a couple, just a recap, a recap. And then I'm going to, well, I'm going to take us out again with a Dottie Rambo. It's hard to sing the blues when you're doing so well. Well, Tim, just a reminder, clarify your purpose and calling. Take a fresh look at your personal mission statement. Make sure it engages your strongest passions and greatest talents. Get to the place where you're motivated by your purpose, not by the money. Motivated by your purpose and the money will take care of itself. I want you to look for ways to be outstanding. Look for ways to be so good they can't ignore you. And like I mentioned in here, find your USP, no matter who it is as a listener, what is your unique selling proposition? 
don't just be somebody who can do what everybody else does. No, what is it that makes you unique? What is it that makes you the go-to guy or gal? Your unique selling proposition. And look for ways to leverage what you know, not just you do, what you do. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where together we are accomplishing some pretty cool things. We're tracking a lot of what you all are doing. We love hearing the success stories. We're making long logs of those, keeping track of where people are and where they are, where, where they were three years ago and where they are now. I'm going to have some more testimonials on here about that, but thanks for being part of this growing community where we know we can indeed, without any question, find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, enjoy this song as we take it out for this episode.